I'm Laura Allen, and this is Hello Thoughts. I'm not sure about you, but things just love to stay with me. And I'm not talking about the stack of things you should actually be concerned about. I'm talking about that side stack of things literally to never concern yourself with ever again, but just stays there. Loves to flare up during anxious moments, too. Just for instance, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, I remember hearing that many different styles of handwriting for one person could indicate multiple personalities. So every now and then I'll be writing. I'll be like, uh, some doesn't look right. You know, I've never committed to a handwriting, so I don't know if it's a commitment issue or maybe Sally might be coming out to play. I don't know, but that just stayed with me amongst too many other things. And uh, now joining that party will be, I don't know if you've watched Lovecraft Country We've been watching it, and it is so good, so good. But now a uh, couple couple things from, from that show will now enter that stack of things not to concern myself with, like the two, two little dancers that have joined the party. I don't know if you've seen it, but these children are doing some mighty moves that will never be forgotten from Laura Allen. Okay, they are haunting. Um, yeah, I guess all these thoughts, may, maybe that's what meditation is for, but that little trick never worked for me. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, I've been trying to release some of that stress with being creative, being artistic, um, and that's been really fun. And speaking of art, my guest of this evening, so artistic and amazing, Ellen Stagg, yes, Ellen Stagg, came on and talked to me about her life, about her path, and all kinds of things. It was really so much fun. Uh, I can't wait till you guys listen, and uh, it's pretty awesome. She had a clear view of what she wanted from a super young age. And it's just transpired into what seems like everything she always wanted. And it's really cool as an artist to have such a vision of the things that you want to make happen. You want your art seen and and to just know what you're doing and channel that is is the best thing that you could get. It's very rewarding. And uh, she's had a mega career. And she's, she's awesome. So I'm so happy and excited she came on. Thank you, Ellen. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. I'm going to make some um, 
some dinner while we talk for the first couple minutes. Oh, you do your thing, girl. Cool. <laughs> yes. I, I love the multitasking. Yes. I like, I was like, I haven't worked out in a month because of being sick. Yeah. And I was like, I need to just squeeze in a workout. And then when I was done working out, I was like, I'm so gross. I need to shower. <laughs> I forgot that step to working out. Oh, the damn step. You got to, yeah, I know. So many people that don't want to, you know, they want to skip the washing of the hair for hair reasons. They're like, but I work out and I can't. I'm like, yeah. then stop working out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I was having, um, uh, I was trying to learn how to do a split, but I was doing spins and like my contortion teacher was mad at my spin class because my quads were getting so tight. I couldn't stretch them out. And he's like, stop doing spin. And I'm like, but I need cardio. Like I want to <laughs> do both. I need to do splits and cardio. This Leave is already alone. amazing. Split. <laughs> it, it fascinates me that you're un you're working on a split. I feel like well, you this must is know like how. two years ago, and now I don't <laughs> Okay. Know. I tried it, and then, like, I also got sick and stopped having to pay my contortionist teacher, who's actually just a good friend now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, tonight, we welcome the super talented mega babe who photographs mega babes, right? Uh, Ellen okay. Stagg, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Yes. I know time is like, we have so much of it these days being in uh, this stupid pandemic, but then at the same time, like, it's so precious, you know? And where does it go? Exactly. It's really odd. It's really odd. You I feel like you have a lot of it, but then it also is slipping away. I have friends of mine who like, they're now working at home. Right. Thanks to the pandemic. And they're like, I just, I feel like I'm doing more work and like, I can't get anything done. I'm like, welcome to my world. I yeah. work at home. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, you, I want to kind of hear who you are, where you come from, what you're about. Um, you know, we see you on Instagram. We see your work. It's awesome. But just a little, you know, we want a little inside scoop tonight. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll start, you know, give me a little glimpse at childhood, kind of what that looked like. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Easton, Connecticut. I was okay. born in 1978. I'm an Aquarius. Okay. Um, Easton, Connecticut, if nobody knows, nobody should know that town, is just very, very sleepy town in Connecticut that's in Fairfield County, so it's only an hour outside the city, but it is um, where everybody gets their Christmas trees and pumpkins, Okay. and it has one of the most haunted cemeteries in the entire nation Wow. that I grew up like a half a mile from. Okay. Um, yeah. There was three acres zoning. I had no neighbors. Yeah. Um, and it was, the whole town was 6,000 people. Wow. It was so small. We shared the high school with the town next door. Okay. So yeah. was that kind of a larger school or was that even small? That was small, but I didn't go to it because my dad didn't believe in public school. So okay. I went to private school. So I went to teeny, teeny, tiny schools. Yeah. My graduating class in high school was 41 kids. 
Wow. High school. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I lived a very, very sheltered, insanely sheltered like life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even have cable as a kid. So. Okay. Do you yeah. have siblings? I do. I have one brother who was supposedly conceived on my third birthday. <laughs> and I supposedly walked in on it. God bless for repressing memories. <laughs> Somewhere in there, it's haunting you. <laughs> oh my okay. God. So um, um, your brother is still in that area or where does he live? Yes. He still stayed in Connecticut. I wanted to get the hell out of Connecticut the moment I was allowed to. I yeah. actually thought I was going to go to college in California and I'd okay. never been to California, but I was like 3,000 miles away <laughs> sounds great. Yes. I want to get as far away as I possibly can. And then I went and visited California and I was like, oh, this is so not what I was thinking. I thought every city was, I thought LA would be just like New York. I thought every city was New York. And then I was like, oh wait, I only like New York. I don't want to go to other cities. So So being that you grew up, you said that it was about an hour away from the city. Did you kind of go into the city? Like once you got a little older? Yeah. Well, we went a lot as a kid because my dad was a history major. So he loved museums. We'd always go to museums and um, Broadway shows and all that kind of stuff, cultured as a kid. And then then when I became a teenager, I'd ride the Metro North myself into the city with like $20 in my pocket (laughs) and like, eat french fries at mcdonald's and hang out in saint mark's and this is in the 90s yeah yeah so yeah you must Um, look so cool though uh, i could i I I could picture the style i'll send you my prom picture you'll laugh hysterically oh i love it yeah i was in high school 92 to 96 so it was like the peak of grunge riot girl like all that stuff so so were you more on the grunge scene or I was a little more grunge, but mostly Riot Girl. Like my favorite bands were Bikini Kill, okay, Luna yeah. Chicks, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So, That's and awesome. I was, and, but I loved my divas too. Like I love Madonna, yeah, um, you, Janet you still Jackson. Had love for them, exactly. Yeah. So, so um, you were and kind Madonna. Of a, and Madonna ahead. in the '90s was like a total pervert with her Rodica album. Yeah. So, like. It totally launched my pervertness. Can right. we say a role model or? Yes, very much okay. so. She's an inspiration. And completely. Okay. So, um, you know, back when you were a kid, when did you kind of start getting into the arts, would you say? Supposedly, I was artistic even in preschool. Like yeah. they were like, I'm terribly dyslexic, which they finally picked up on when I was in third grade. Okay. But they were like, she's not really great at a lot of things, but she's really good at color therapy and preschool. Yeah. So um, they then figured out like I was dyslexic and that's why I wasn't good at a lot of things. Right. Uh, my dad actually thought that I may have been a slow adult or a slow child right. um, back then. And then they did like a bunch of testing to find out I was dyslexic. Um, wow. And... Uh, so I always loved, I went, as I said, I went to these tiny private schools and the private schools had an amazing art program. And so I did incredible arts for like, for like a middle school, junior high, like we did ceramics and batiking and like just really cool stuff that I feel like no, not many kids got to do back then. Right. And then, 
when I entered high school, I didn't know this too well over a decade later. Mm-hmm. For some reason, as a freshman in high school, they put me in the uh, sophomore art class. Okay. And I was like, why am I like, why can't I be with my peers? Why am I right. with the older classmen? So I found out, oh, like well over a decade later that my dad told them, oh, she's really great in art. You should excel her. Okay. And it ended up being kind of torturous because these sophomores picked on me because I was the little one. Right. And, but, and then, but then the turn, like I couldn't, and I don't know if you remember art class, but everybody would socialize during oh, that time. Yeah. And I couldn't socialize because everybody was picking on me. So I like right. then just honed in on my craft and like really got into the, all the art stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Was your dad, I know you said he's, he was a history um, major or a professor yeah. or what? Was no, he-, he wasn't a professor. It was his major, but okay. he ended up working in industrial supplies, which was the family business. Okay. So yeah. being of that mindset, was he into you being an artist? Completely. He was he, pushing for it. Yeah. He loves the art. Like he loved, he, he said he could never draw anything. He was not yeah. artistic, but he loved, he had appreciation. Oh, am I losing uh, you? Yeah. You were losing me a little bit over there. Oops, Love your sorry. house, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> my crazy kitchen. I'm in, um, I'm in Brooklyn right now. So you can see okay. there's naked ladies yeah, behind all the, me. Yeah, all the gals. Yeah, they're and gonna some eat dinner nature. with you tonight. Exactly. Every night. And then my, <laughs> and then my baby. Oh come on, how sweet. Yes. What's, what's his or her name? His name's Hubble, and there's another one, Galaxy. So I have two little space kitties. Oh, so sweet. I'm so so crazy, crazily allergic. I can't Aww. be around cats, but I love looking at them from a distance. Do you have, do you have a dog? <laughs> no, no more, Aww. unfortunately. Aww. Yeah, I have children. <laughs> that's oh, well, all I can, that's, that's all I can handle at the moment. So That's a different kind of pet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you went to art school. Tell me what, yes, what so, happened after high school. So during high school, actually, the um, – the photography program was only for seniors. And then, as I said, when I was a freshman, I was in the sophomore art class. So when I became a junior, I was like, well, I think I should be in the photography class. I know that's only for seniors, but I've already excelled the other classes. So they ended up putting me in the photography class as a junior and I won the award for it. And I was like, I was okay at painting and drawing and ceramics, not great at it, but photography was the one thing where I was like, Oh, I really like this. And I think I could do this. So, um, so after my junior year and winning the award in photography, um, then they had to make up a AP advanced placement photography class for me for as a senior. Right. Uh, Yeah. So then I started applying to art schools. I even had like uh, my college advisor in high school was like, I don't see you going to a normal school. You should just go to an art school. And I was like, makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So were there a lot of other, it was a small school, were there a lot of other kids that were into art or was it Yeah, there kind most of... definitely was. They okay. ended up my senior year, even though it was advanced placement um, photography, they ended up doing advanced placement art for, there was like five of us that were mm-hmm. really, really into art. And um, they even 
started that year doing an art history class for okay. the few of us that yeah. were really, really into it. Wow, so, that's cool. They yeah. like built these classes. I wonder if they're still around, you know, know for I, other. I do know that they like bought a building next door to the to the high school and made it its own art wing. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, you paved the way. School. Yeah, you <laughs> paved the way. Had money. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, they didn't do that where I come from, but. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's funny how private school, like, I'm, I'm not mad at the education and I'm blessed that my dad was willing to pay for it. And they probably going to private school in the eighties was good for my dyslexia, most definitely. Right. So I can't complain whatsoever, but do I necessarily now in 2020 believe that everybody should be going to private school? No, I think they should be putting more money into public schools. So definitely agree. Yes. Um, with your dyslexia did, so it took a little time for them to realize you had that. Yes. And then did you get put into kind of a program where someone like helped you along with that? Yeah, there was like a lot of testing and then a lot of like, actually when kids were doing recess, I was supposed to do more like, like catching up kind of classes for reading and writing. And it kind of sucked because when everybody was having fun, I was studying. Right, right. And they they told my dad, though, like, it's going to take her a while to catch up, but she's learning an important skill in life Mm -hmm. that she's going to keep feeling like she's behind. So when she's older and she still feels like she's behind, she's going to work harder. Right. And so my work ethic got really great thanks to that be, having that instilled in me that yeah. you have to keep working so i yeah so when i got to college i remember there'd be like assignments where you'd have this is photography school mm-hmm. you'd have to bring in a photo so you can critique it and talk about it and i'd bring in like 20 photos yeah be like what are you doing and i was like i'm an overachiever <laughs> right i'm right. an a-type personality thanks to this so. i can't help it yes exactly um, and did you kind of feel a little bit of a, an outcast because of that at all? Oh, or a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's Which early on. Also probably was... fuels my, the artistic. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I don't believe in bullying, but I know so many amazing people that were bullied and, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and you become right. stronger people because right. of it. It is like, bittersweet. Yes. Yeah. It, it humbles you and, and it makes you see clear completely it makes Sometimes. you see clear but then well, especially also- once you pass a point of like okay i i had to deal with that and now i'm a better person for it in the meanwhile it's it's hard <laughs> completely 100 percent. yeah but i i i also believe in like your path is there to make you stronger to give you lessons so it's important yeah but yeah being bullied for being dyslexic because they would use the R word with me because right. I was a little bit slower right. was, was hard, you know? I mean, this yeah. is the 80s. The R word was used every other word. So, right. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's so, kind of gross to me that like people actually still say that, right? But that's a lot of things. So <laughs> <laughs> we're working yeah. on it. I don't know. Yeah. Some of us. <laughs> Um, that's another podcast, but (laughs) there's only so many battles we can fight every day. So, Uh, 
Yeah. But um, okay. So then you kind of came into art and it's like, this is something I'm amazing at. And yes. you started to feel confident, I would yes. say. Yes. 100%. Right? Yeah. Gave but me I, some confidence. I want to say my true confidence came when I started photographing naked ladies. Yeah. Which I like, obviously want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, like I was insanely lucky and was signed to my first agent at the end of my junior year of college. Wow. And it was and already what school. Did you go to the school of visual arts? Okay. Um, so I, that's like almost unheard of. There was maybe one other person I knew who got signed to an agent when they were still in college. Um, right. I, people were like, if it happened to you, it could happen to us. And I was like, I'm a lucky fluke. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I don't, I don't have like, cause people be like, how did you do it? And I was like, I really don't know. Like, I don't have a magic wand for you. Yeah. But um, when I was shooting for magazines and advertising in the early 2000s, cause I graduated college in 2000. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I still don't, I feel like I was in my early twenties. I was still trying to find myself. There was a certain kind of confidence I had but I don't think I truly found it until like I understood and respected my sexuality yeah. and like building this group of amazing women that I um, made photography with, like my models, these mm -hmm. collaborators. Yeah. So that's when I feel like it, my confidence really peaked. Right. So it impact you like to just kind of feel more confident. Yes. Yeah. So when did you start that kind of photography? I tried starting it in high school. Okay. But since I was 16, 17, and 18, my teacher would be like, you know, this is illegal. <laughs> you were pushing the limits for private school. They yeah. were not having it. They were oh like, my, I is love it. Illegal. Wow. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. And God bless the internet wasn't as like, I mean, there was dial up back then, but yeah. like Instagram yeah. didn't like, because I would have totally been all over Instagram. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. With my Definitely. little baby boobies. So, right. Right. Uh, thankfully. And when you say this, are you talking about yourself? Yes. Oh, like okay. I was doing self portraits. I was taking pictures. So yeah. I, I did this photo shoot where it was one of my guy friends who was 16 and one of my girlfriends who was 16 and she like tied him up and had a mask on and she yeah. had a whip. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, it's so Madonna. And yeah. my teacher was like, no, this is like illegal. This is like child pornography. You can't do this. Oh my God. So, yeah. I'm not saying that what I did was right. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> I didn't do like hardcore porn back then. Right. But. but you were you were testing the waters, trying to cause a stir for yourself, yes. for the viewer. Yeah. I was I experimenting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then but, when I got into college, I was like, woo, tits out. It. Let's yeah. do this. So you jumped right in. That's that's where your like your vision of photography was. Yeah. Or did you ever kind of think you were gonna do any sort of like landscape stuff or no? No, at first I totally was like, I want to be in the next Maplethorpe. I want to photograph naked people and show in galleries. Yeah. And then when I realized that more people would see my work if I did commercial over galleries and the gallery scene in New York is really difficult, I was like, okay, let's dive into this commercial work and shoot for magazines and stuff. Right. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And then reality hit. It just, yeah. 
Yeah. But you so, were you were dreaming. You were you were shooting for the stars. Yeah, I was 18 living in the big city. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so then junior year you get picked up by this um company and then you just got right into it. Um yeah, my first client was Vibe magazine and I shot wow. police and a wow. double page spread in the Chelsea Hotel. And this is in 1999. It was like That's September 1999. Insane. Kalisa's first album just came out. And that song, I Hate You So Much Right Now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I, I saw her it. a couple of years later in, at Miami Art Basel. And she was coming out of the bathroom. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And yeah. She's like, I do. That's and I was awesome. like, oh, yeah. She in those sweet. times, I mean, she was kind of just starting out. So you probably, mm -hmm. you lasted, you know, in her Yeah, mind. yeah. And yeah, that's so it was, cool. I mean, it was the first time she shot for Vibe, so. Yeah, it was yeah. a big moment. Yeah, completely. That's so cool. So yeah. you got into that kind of right away. Were you doing a lot of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, portraits for magazines, fashion, uh, I, pretty, I shot for so many magazines back then from like Teen People, Double XL, The Source, um, Jane Magazine. Yeah. All of those, the Cosmo. That's amazing. Yeah. So Good for you. You, you. you got there fast. Well, all that work having, paid off. Yeah. Thanks to having an agent, most definitely. Yeah. I don't think I would have. If I didn't have an agent, I probably would have gone into the assisting route like a lot of photographers do. They assist for other bigger photographers first. Right. And then um, and it was funny because in the beginning, it was still a little bit slow. Like I wasn't getting jobs right away. So I applied to be Terry Richardson's assistant. Oh, and really? then like literally a couple of weeks later, I was up for the same job he was. Wow. And my agent's like, you can't assist <laughs> For the people you're up against. And I was like, it was like some job for VH1. Yeah. I didn't get it. But I was just like, well, I need to make money. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the real world too. So, yeah, yeah. so I do need a paycheck. Yeah. But that was yeah. like kind of that's, weird. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So along that ride, did you kind of deal with ups and downs with people and working for, you know, these big magazines and corporations? Yes. There was, I mean most my biggest down or problem was actually my agent because she took me on as kind of this baby personal project and when my career started going up she was trying to get more control of me and things right. like she would say like i think you need you need to lose your nose ring and i go nobody gives a shit what a photographer looks right. like i'm behind they, the lens like yeah. you don't see me they care that i show up and take good pictures right that's all they care about so yeah. we would get into a lot of arguments and, um, and then finally after five years, I left her because I was like, I can't do this anymore. And the funniest thing And that's thing a long time to kind of feel that way. Did she kind of not do that to you at first and then it yeah. turned into that a little? It was like the last two years out okay. of five years that yeah. it got a little crazy. And mostly the, she hadn't, she owned the agency, but she had other people working there. And there was mm -hmm. one woman that like was my main contacts there that I really love. And when that woman quit, I was like, I don't see this lasting much longer. Like right. I can't. So, um, and the funny thing was when I left her like six months later, I booked my first major ad campaign. Wow. And right before I booked it, I met up with the owner of the company and he was like, I'm going to meet you in the Tribeca 
uh, no, it wasn't Tribeca Grand. It was the Soho Grand Hotel. Right. And he was like, I'm going to meet you there um, in the, in the like bar area. He goes, what do you look like? And I was like, I have blonde hair and a septum piercing. He's like, oh, that's rad. I love fucking septum piercing. Yeah. And I almost wanted to call her after I booked the campaign. And I was like, bitch. I was like, see, <laughs> nobody gives a shit that I have a right. fucking nose ring. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. What yeah. were there? Did she have like her as an agent? Did she have a lot of other photographers? She did. Work. She had photographers, makeup artists, yeah. okay. hair, whole, all the rest like, of it. Team that yes. you worked with a lot? Yeah, I would work sometimes with the stylists and makeup artists and stuff and made friends with some of the photographers, yeah. but we all had very different styles. There was a point where Richard Kern was signed to her for, I think, like a year or two while I was there. So it was funny that, I don't know if you know Richard Kern, but he's no, a very, he's a very famous naked lady photographer. Okay. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was experimenting with all the naked lady stuff back then, but I couldn't find a place to put it. And mind right. you, this is early 2000s. Right. Like, the internet was barely anything. Mm -hmm. And so I, and like, I would take these pictures and when I put them in my portfolio, my agent was like, how are we supposed to sell these? Nobody, right. we need to sell clothing. We need to sell a product, you know? Right, right. So people like the pictures, but they can't do anything with it. So um, when in 2005, a friend of mine knew of this uh, porn star who is the lesbian queen of porn. She coined herself the lesbian mm -hmm. queen of porn, <laughs> Justine Jolie. And she was in New York and she was like, she was like contacted somebody like, I would love to take some pictures of somebody while I'm out here for content for my yeah. website. So I met her. Then we hit it off right away. Yeah. And like everything snowballed from there. And I didn't realize how big of a porn star she right. was. And then when everybody was like, you shot with Justine Jolie? Oh, oh my God, I want to work yeah. with you. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So was that during your time, like, working with this agent or it was afterwards? No, I, ju I just started with the age. I started with the agent 99 through, like, 2004. And so this was at the end of 2005. Okay. So it was, like, a year and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And that, but during your time with the agent, were you doing your own thing too? Or were you pretty much just yeah. a slave to all the work she was giving? You? <laughs> I was, uh, no, I most definitely was trying to do my own thing, but also like trying to build my portfolio to get work. Right. You know, so. And then the cards just landed right. Yeah. With, yeah. with shooting her. And then, so you started to get other like models and porn stars and people that yeah I started meeting shots. more yeah glamour they call them glamour models when they do nudity but not porn right and, or just erotic models or pinup right. models and it just like snowballed from there but and then this is so I photographed her like December 2005 okay. and I, I want to say and I, I was saying this to somebody recently because they were like oh the financial crisis of 2008 didn't affect me. And I was like, it affected me right. only because of magazines. Like the, right. the, it seemed like in 2008 is also when a lot of magazines were closing mm -hmm. and everything was just going online. And I was like shooting for teen people doing like beauty stories for stupid amounts of money. And they right. were like flying me to LA and putting me up in a hotel and like paying me like I can't get that kind of money right now. Yeah, like yeah. it's like insane what they were doing. <laughs> so um, I, what's it called? Um, so yeah, it was just like 
different times. Like yeah. having that magazine push now, like now it just doesn't happen yeah. or, I mean, I so, would think, so is it comparable with their like website, like these magazines or no? I can't, um, I can't remember the last time I bought a magazine. I'm not ex- Well, lie. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like it, everything just became online and I sure. mean, even right now it just seems like who wants to buy a magazine when you could just go onto Instagram and see all right. your celebrities do whatever, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it, there's still products out there. There's still advertising out there, but I think that like my career just shifted with photographing naked ladies in a way that I felt more comfortable because the one thing that when I was in college, I was making work that I loved mm-hmm. and then I would sit in a classroom and critique it. And right. then, I was like really like engaging with my work. Then when I get signed to an agent, I would do a shoot for a client, send it off and never really like look at it. And it was just on to the next job. And so when I started shooting naked ladies, I felt like I was like more connecting with my work and Mm -hmm. having like a moment where I could like actually create work that I was proud of. Not that I was never proud of the commercial work, but this was work that like that was just mine. Right. And, and meant models. something to you. Yeah. And your it was creation. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just about the art director and what had to be photographed mm-hmm. that day. The which you know? is major. Yeah. It's major. It's a piece of you. So um with doing that, um you had started in two thousand five about doing that on your own again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had another agent around that same time, but I didn't get as much work with him. Right. And then um, I started my site Stag Street around 2008 because I was starting to compile all this work, but I had no place to put it. And all the models that I was shooting at the time had their own websites where their fans would join. And they were like, you should start your own website. It's obvious. And I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. So I found somebody to help me build because back then you couldn't yeah. just do a Wix or a square space <laughs> right. on your own. Right. Yeah. So, and so you now had someone. Like, yeah, now there's Patreon and OnlyFans that you just sign up to and put your work on. Like back right. then, you actually had to have somebody design something and code something. Right, right. <laughs> I make it sound like it's like five million years ago. It's <laughs> only like 12. A years lot's ago. happened. Yeah, it's exactly. fast. It's so fast yeah. moving now. It's so exactly. quick to change. So, um, with that evolution of the, you know, social media, doing your um, more commercial stuff, magazines, and then into social media. I guess that kind of, was that a little bit bittersweet because it took away from your ability to work with magazines more frequently, but it gave you the option to showcase yourself more through social media? No, I think, media? I think when the magazine work was dying is when I took off. So like it wouldn't take me necessarily away from it. I would have still done the work because I like getting paid. Right. Right. (laughs) I like money. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah. So I think it. I just shifted with the times and how that was shifting. Sure. And so yeah. I mean, I I still have Stag Street, and I'm was before this pandemic thinking about weeding like weeding it out and just going towards like an OnlyFans and stuff mm-hmm. because I pay over a thousand dollars a year just wow. to accept credit cards on my website. Oh yeah. yeah. So so things are yeah and things are sticky right now for anyone trying to do something on their own. It's like yeah. 
but then with OnlyFans, Patreon, I do have a Patreon, but you can't show anything slightly hardcore on there. And I say that right. with like quotation fingers. Right. Like you could show erotic nudes, okay. but if you show anything that has like vagina in there, they do not like it. So, okay. Yeah. You can't be um, full on spread. Yes. Okay. I, yes. <laughs> They're very, very picky about that. Yes. Okay. So uh, tell me, what's your most awkward moment like shooting with someone? Hmm. I feel like there has to be something that's just either funny or just like a moment being a little bit vulnerable, naked. I mean, I have, I have, well, do you want to story? I mean, I, I have all these behind the scenes videos on my shoots where I literally would just prop up a tiny camera and just yeah. like let it shoot. That's I cool. Get, I get terrible anxiety belly on my shoots because yeah. my mind is there, but my belly takes over and yeah. I'm constantly gassy during my shoot. <laughs> so I'm literally in so many of my behind the scenes videos, my interns would edit them and they were like, do you want me to? keep in how many times you fart and I was like, might as well. It's Listen, authentic. I knew there had to be noises in the room. Okay. Naked exactly. girls. Oh, are you telling me they're pretty and they don't fart? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It can't only be you. Yes. Oh, actually I did a shoot last week and it was for Taboo magazine, which is Tussler's oh, cool. fetish magazine. Y- yeah. Cool. And so I was literally hog tying my model. Yeah. Which I know sounds so like but it was with complete oh my consent. God. Yes, yes. I'm hog tying her. She's naked. And I hear a fart noise. And I go, did oh. you just fart? And she goes, oh, I queefed. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. See? I was like, all right. I was like inches away from her butt. So oh, my like, God. <laughs> it's like, well, well, we're here. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you kind of started so young kind of playing the field with this nude photo. So I'm just, you didn't really have to get the courage to do it. Or what would you say about that? Like what to photograph nude models? Yeah. Yeah. I, well. Or did you just always feel comfortable doing it? I do always feel comfortable, but only because, and this is, I think, the one thing that a lot of people forget, it's a job for me. And if you hire me to photograph anything, I take it, I'm looking more at the composition, the lighting. I'm trying to make the best photograph possible. So I'm not even really thinking about anything that's sexual that's happening. Mm -hmm. And the funnier part is like, I don't even really, it doesn't even really click in until I'm editing the photos later. I was like, oh my God, that's hot. I can't believe it was just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my brain just turns on like work. Right. And so and all the photographer in you, the lighting, yeah. the, all the logistics of yeah. it. And if anything, the only thing that I get nervous about on my <laughs> shoots is that consent. Are you comfortable? Yeah. And I'm constantly checking in with my models. I Mm -hmm. want you to do what you feel is comfortable. And when I shoot for just my work, I just ask them to be naked. If they want to do anything on top of that, if they want to bring toys or if they want to do spread vagina shots, or if they want to, sometimes girls end up having sex together. This is literally on their own. Right. But if I'm shooting for things like I've shot for Penthouse before, as I said, Hustler magazine, they have a certain criteria of if you don't do these certain things in their photo sets, they they won't pay for them. Right, right. So 
um that's more that's different especially with like hustler i'm like you have to have spread vagina you have to have fingers and vagina right taboo they like they like peeing pictures Mm -hmm. and so i have to just more i I always email the girls first what are your yeses and your noes are you comfortable with this here are some of the picture photos of poses that we want i will want you to do tell me what you're comfortable and what you're not and so that's the only time i'm i i'm because I want to treat my models the way I want to be treated. Right. If the tables were turned. Yeah. And so I'm, and I love like, that. Even like my makeup artist is like, you're almost too nice to them. And I'm like, well, I want to be so nice that like everybody walks away yeah. being like, yeah, I felt beyond. That was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I can only relate to it a little bit of being on boudoir, like photo shoots. And I love that. I really love it. Um, and I also love making the woman feel comfortable. Yeah. I think it's such a huge part of it. You're not going to get good photos if she right. feels uncomfortable. Exactly. She, you will just see that on her face and her shoulders mm-hmm. and she'll be tense. Tense, so, right. Yeah. You I see like my- that relax. Like once yeah. they get used to you and that comfort with anybody in the room, it's it's nice to see. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So and I feel like you – so I, I feel like, you know, you walk into a room and you have a, a confidence about you. And Thank I feel you. if you have, a, um, I don't know, can you see that energy shift with your models? If you, I don't know, your energy, do you see it kind of manifest for them a little bit? I, I mean, hmm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've had models say all different kinds of stuff to me. I had one photo shoot once for Playboy.com. I shot, uh, I think it was like 17 episodes for Playboy TV and their segment called Badass. Mm-hmm. It was their show called Badass, and I had this one segment in it. And I would do the entire producing. I would hire everybody. And they wanted me in full makeup while I'm photographing the model and interviewing her. So it's like, cute girl photographing, cute girl. Right, right. And I got paid really good money for it. So like, I'm not complaining whatsoever. No qualms, right. No. So they, Playboy TV really loved my work and they were like, you should work with Playboy.com. Yeah. So Playboy.com called me and they wanted me to shoot a girl who was already a Playboy, a Playmate of the year. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm not going to say her name only because whatever. Of course. You'll, you'll yeah. soon, you'll soon find out why I'm not going to out her, but yeah. um, she, they, the guy from playboy.com goes, I'm going to say something I've never said to another photographer before. I want you to do whatever you want. I just want you to have fun and take awesome photos. We need four sets, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I was like, okay. That's so awesome. I hired a team. The money was go- amazing. Yeah. She showed up and did not want to be there. Oh, and had this look on her face like she was not having it. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder what's. And I kept like checking in, like, is everything okay? Yeah, she disappeared for a portion of the shoot, and then came back and was just like huffing and puffing, like oh, not no. interested. And I was like, yeah. this is so weird. And there was a a video guy there from Playboy.com mm-hmm. who's videoing, and then I come to find out they want her to interview me. Because they want, even though I'm taking the pictures, it was more about me than it was about her. And that's why she had a chip on her shoulder. Oh, no. She was all huffy about it? Yeah. (laughs) Mind you, she is already a Playboy Playmate of the year. Right, right, right. You're like, you can't give me this one. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I was like, you're setting me up to fail. Right. And I didn't, I didn't ask for this. Playboy.com did. So I found out. Which is cool. And then she kind of ruined that moment a little bit. So what. And sabotaged it. Yeah. Did it. How did it turn out? Well, what I found out is she left, why she left the photo shoot for a little bit is she called the guy at Playboy.com and was like, I don't want to do this. And he said, if you don't do it, everybody there gets paid regardless. So we're out the money no matter what. Right. Because it, we already started the day. Like if you could yeah. cancel the day before, it'd be a different story. Right. He goes, so why don't we just do the pictures and you see them and you tell us if you like them or not. Yeah. And, um, and if you like them, we put them on playboy.com. If you don't, then we scrap them. But at least we tried to do this, this shoot. Right. So for, for a lot of these magazines, for Hustler, for Playboy, for Penthouse, they do not want me retouching. They just want to do the photos and they have their own team on how they like to retouch their pictures. So I handed in the pictures. The guy was like, I love these pictures. They're great. They're going to go up in a couple months. I get a, a, a thing that says, oh, your first set with her goes, went up on Playboy.com. I was like, oh, awesome. Can't wait to yeah. see. So I look at the pictures. Within 20, I tell a couple people, within 24 hours, they were gone. And I was like, hey, what happened to the what? pictures? Yeah. And the guy from Playboy.com goes, oh, she called Hef. He goes, I tried in that the period between shooting and posting them on the website. I tried showing her. I tried talking to her. She would not communicate with me. Wow. So I was like, well, we paid for these. So I'm going to just put them up on the site. She, they put, he put them up on the site. She called Hef because Hef was still alive at the time. Yeah. And she goes, I don't like these photos. Take them down. So he did. Wow. I don't think, I don't know if the photos will ever see the light of day. There was a super fan of hers though, that took some of screenshots of the photos while they were up and for like 24 up. hours. Wow. Yeah. And he, so wrote, they are out or you can't, he, no, no, they ended up doing a cease and desist on him. Oh, okay. So, because what I'm about to tell you, so they took, he took the photos, put them on his blog, his like <sighs> fan blog for her. And wrote this whole thing about how I was a terrible photographer, how I don't know how to retouch the pictures, how I tortured her because I'm a butch, like evil woman. Oh my God. And I like found the blog post because I had a Google alert and I wrote to the guy at playboy.com and I was like, Hey, should I like, (laughs) I'm not allowed to use these photos. You guys aren't using these photos, but this guy on this blog post is literally like raking my name through the dirt. Oh my God. And, um, and they had to do a cease and assist on him. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. He even drew a cartoon of me going, I want you to spread your legs like a penthouse model. Oh my to God. her and she looked all innocent like oh I don't want to do this and he was like she's a penthouse photographer and I was like I'm a photographer listen man yeah so wow. that was one of the out of all the I've shot probably close to 200 girls on my site yeah she's not on my site yeah but in the the 200 girls I've never had somebody be that angry at me yeah. and I have I've had some drama with some models, but like, how are you not going to have some, but I would never air it out. I still respect them. I'm like, whatever. Right. So yeah. yeah. She's and the I only guess one. like out of 200 people, you know, that's a lot of women to, yeah. <laughs> to photograph and to have one. Uh, 
but that's yeah. that's a that's a doozy. That's a bad one. <laughs> well, and then I never worked for Playboy.com again. Yeah, I was talking they, to somebody it, about how they handled shooting. it all. Yeah. I was yeah. talking to somebody about actually maybe shooting for the magazine and they wanted me to shoot that girl from the Jersey Shore. And this is like 10 years ago. So it was when Jersey Shore was super popular. Yeah. And they were like, we wanted you to shoot. And then they ended up going with somebody else. Like, uh, who because was it? Of- Snooki or? No, the J- other one. Jay Wow. Yes. Yes. Jay Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they wanted me to shoot her. That fell through all because this one girl was not was, having me. She was cranky about that. Yeah. Yeah, she was not having it. So uh, it it sounds to me like she just only wants it to be about her. And it wasn't in that moment. And she really had a fit about it. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And it's stuff like that. It's like you, I don't, if you don't like me as a person, I can brush that off. When you fuck with my career and my way of making money and putting food on my table and paying my bills. Yeah. And you bust your ass for all that. Yes. Yeah. So that's, That's, yeah, that's tough. So tell me about what's like going on now. What's cooking now besides your dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Besides my chicken. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I realize I'm terrible with time management. Um, well, when the pandemic hit, I thankfully had a stockpile of about 70 sets for my site. So I was like, well, <laughs> wow. I'm going to make a list and get yeah. this done with. Yeah, um, some of them were like only maybe like a, six months to a year old. There were some that were almost 10 years old. And while I was retouching them, I was like, I wonder where I put off on these. And I was like, oh, now I remember why. It's <laughs> like one girl, her feet just looked so bad that I had to literally <laughs> go in and retouch out the dry spots on her feet. My boyfriend, oh, even, like over my shoulder, he's like, oh, what's wrong with her feet? And I was like, yeah. I know, they're just so <laughs> bad. Um, but so I did the first two, three months of the pandemic. I got through that, which was great. And then when stuff started opening up again, I actually started. So I started shooting for Hustler. Um, last year, I came out with my book, More Dirty Girls, at the end mm-hmm. of the year, like November, December. Yeah. And my publicist um, got me in contact with Hustler, and they put some of my pictures from the book into an issue of the magazine. Yeah. So I was going back and forth with Hustler, and they were like, I was like, hey, I'd love to shoot for you guys. And they were like, yeah, we'd love that. So I shot with three girls before the pandemic. I was actually, my last shoot was March 6th. Wow. And what we went into quarantine on the 17th. So like 10 days later. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then when stuff started picking up again, they were like, Hey, yeah, we'd love for you to keep shooting. And when I shoot for them, it's totally on spec. So if they don't like the pictures, they, I don't get paid. Right. But so I started shooting for them and then they introduced me to taboo and barely legal. So I've been doing that, then shooting stuff for myself, for my sites, and then um, I also do been doing my podcast, yeah, the hey, po- the hey Poopy podcast, which we our tagline is laughing and learning everything but. Um, <laughs> That's so, so good. I love we it. realized like we started off as thinking farts and poop is funny, but then we realized there's so much out there on butt health and butt everything. <laughs> yeah, like we just had an episode come out where we interviewed a guy who owns this site called Reeker, and it's basically the Tinder for fisting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I could have talked to him for about 10 hours. <laughs> the questions I've that the you curiosity, had. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I have wow. never been fisted myself. Yeah, I, yeah I don't think I've ever seen a fisting in real life. Right. But like, the, I it, <laughs> it piques my curiosity. Like, you sure. Yeah. That's like, that's something. The guy said he got. Can you give me a little shoulder, insight to? <laughs> he got shoulder deep in a guy. What? Yes. No. Yes. That's just wrong on so many levels. Like Can five that, or six guys. That and they do. They do like huge convention parties called the Rose Bowl and Fist Fest, where they I, all get together on drugs. And fist like each other. You have to be on drugs to make that happen. I don't even I, like. He said no. There's like a section to his fisting where they actually have like AA and NA meetings for these weekends oh for people God. who like fisting but have like problems. Oh man. Talk about education right there. Yeah. I, I never knew. And I haven't, uh, so I was diagnosed a little over two years ago with chronic Lyme. Yeah. And I did the nine months of antibiotics. And the minute I was done with the antibiotics, I swear to God, the week after, wow. I had the worst Ugh. hemorrhoid problem ever. That's horrible. And so I've gone to actually now three doctors about my hemorrhoids. And I actually had a mini colonoscopy last week. And I asked my colorectal surgeon if she'll come on my podcast and she's coming on. Get out of here. Really? I yeah. love it. See, you just have to put yourself out there and then it, it will come to you. My co-host <laughs> thinks I'm insane because I literally will ask anybody. Yeah. Like, I'll, I've emailed people, the guy from Squatty Potty. Yeah. He, <laughs> we almost had him and then he like flaked on us. But like, I will literally- my, Squatty. I know, right? But yeah. like, I'll like find some product and I'll be like, I'll email them and be like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And he's like, why are you so brave? And I go, what's the worst thing they do? Say no. Right. So we, go, we move uh, on one, to the next One person. of those people would love for you to be like, a, they, they would want to sponsor you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is just the spray? Like, what is the spray? Oh, um, yes. Something so we, like that. We interviewed this guy that came out with this card game called Pooacalypse. Okay. And it's kind of like exploding kittens oh. and the card game's coming out in December and he had a big Kickstarter for it. And he, the reason he did this card game is he writes for the Harmon brothers, which is the advertising agency that does squatty potty and poopery. Okay. So like, there you he, go. Yeah. So like, yes, he <laughs> tried to introduce this to the guy from squatty potty, but he fell off, whatever. But I am all about, like, I even, uh, for our one-year anniversary on the podcast, I had my butthole looked at by Dr. Evan Goldstein oh from Bespoke God. Surgical. It was not on video. It was just <laughs> on audio. But my co-host was on the other side of the door. And, like, I, like, heard the whole thing. He's like, now I'm sticking the scope in. Now I see your hemorrhoids. Oh, my God. Did and I had a microphone, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Did they just do that or did they like have to numb anything it no. wasn't like a colonoscopy you're just no saying, no no no. yeah it was just like, a, so this with a magnifying we, glass and a <laughs> this doctor that we met through the podcast um dr evan goldstein i call him the gynecologist of buttholes okay so he, like literally basically he's mostly geared towards the gay community but there are okay. some non-gay right. people who need butthole health too <laughs> but he like helps because there's a lot of things that happen in the gay community thanks to anal sex right and you have to treat it like a like a vagina like right you have to, there's that things makes, you have to do that makes perfect sense 
So we yes. interviewed him like a year ago and he was like, you guys should come on and I'll examine your butthole. And I was like, oh God, I'll take one for the team. You I'll really did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's not on video somewhere. Yeah. Well, that actually made me think of a question. Have you, so I know you dabbled when you first started doing um, the photography and, and you would photograph yourself and stuff. Do you have your photos out or you don't any longer take pictures of me naked? Yeah. Are you ever behind the camera or away from the the camera? Yes. In front of the camera. I have been, and I've let some friends of mine who are photographers photograph me more recently. Yeah. I did a lot more in my early 20s. I mean, now in my early 40s. Yeah. So um, I there's, those pictures are out there and floating around here yeah. and there. But um, because of things like, 20, there's a law called the 2257. Um, unless they have a model release in my ID, they can't use it. And what a 2257 okay. is, is an actual federal law. And you have to put it into your model release if they're doing anything sexual. Okay. And if that's not in there, it, it basically just states that when you sign that, you, you're saying, I am over the age of 18 and I understand that I'm doing something sexual in these photos. Right. Without signing that, like, you can't, you can't yeah. use it. So there are like, I, people want to Google Ellen Stagg news. <laughs> probably will find something, something out there. Right. Yeah. But it's nothing like I never did anything crazy or pornographic. Mm-hmm. N- not that I'm against that, obviously. Right. Right. But it's just pretty much, I always said my tombstone's going to say, if you didn't ever see my tits, you just didn't really know me. <laughs> That's so. a perfect quote. I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and photographing these women, do you feel like it kind of developed a confidence in yourself that you didn't have prior to? I'm just thinking you're, it, it, it's funny because we see these photos and they're like just these stunning women, you know, and they're perfect. And you, I'm just picturing you editing, like you said, with the girl with the feet before. Like everyone has imperfections. So oh, 100%. And like, I've, I, there is also, like, I'm a feminist. I support right. women. I want to yes. raise women up. Yes. But, and, but there is this discussion about then why do I retouch my pictures? Right. <laughs> I want to retouch my pictures of naked women because that's how they want to be seen. Right. They don't want to be seen with the pimples and the stretch marks and the right. feet that are falling apart, you right. know? Right. So I'm treating them the way they want to be treated. Right. I'm not going to liquefy their waistline into being right. something that doesn't isn't natural. Right. But I'm going to retouch their skin so it when you look at the photo, you're just looking at, I want you to just look at how beautiful the woman is and yeah. you're not distracted by anything Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So uh, yes, there is that weird fine line of like, we should be embracing our natural bodies. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. But with my photography, I, it's a fantasy. Sure. It's different. It's, it's yeah. separate from like an... an I don't know, a product or someone who's advertising what you're saying, you know, I'm advertising glamour, right? Sexiness, Mm -hmm. confidence. I'm advertising a woman who is a fantasy, right? Right. So yeah, it is different. 
But yes. doing that, like, would you say it kind of developed your own self-esteem a little bit? Yes. Yeah. I mean, even when I went into photography school, I realized I was like, oh my God, nobody is perfect. They right. have, these celebrities and uh, fashion models have the best photographer with the best lighting and the best hair and makeup. Seems and then- right the best retouching like nobody is perfect nobody exists that way no so i i that helped my confidence from going from a teenager to my early 20s but the confidence building is was more like i i always say i have mommy issues like i didn't get along with my mother so my confidence started building when i started realizing that there are these incredible women who want to support each other and women who, and I found that more in naked models than I've ever, in my twenties, I still had women that would get jealous of me or be, and I had friends that I was like, why are you so mad at me for something I don't even know? And it was like jealousy or um, being, what's it called? Competitive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so like, why can't I make friends with girls? And then when I started meeting women in the adult industry, Mm -hmm. they didn't give a shit. Right. So, I mean, I'm not saying they were all perfect, but a a lot of them still to this day have retired and they're still very, very good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. So sounds to me like there was maybe some more honesty in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think people in the adult industry, when your sex is on the table, you mm-hmm. don't have anything to There's, hide. What's left, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's a lot. pretty cool. I never would have thought of that like that, but it, it's true. Yeah. And I think it was like healing, very healing to my mommy issues to mm-hmm. make friends. Like some of my best friends are sex workers there. Right. Some of my best friends are um, burlesque performers, porn mm-hmm. stars. These are people who are just like, and they're not perfect right but they're comfortable in their body and their comfortableness in their body translates into being not competitive with other women right and not being jealous or envious or evil Mm. and so that could really help heal somebody like me and my mommy issues right so Uh, her chicken's done but it might be (laughs) um so yeah i did notice you you didn't mention mom until now. Yeah. Was mom around? Mom is around, but she's more estranged. Okay. I, I talked to her once in a blue moon, mostly because my brother has kids. Okay. Um, my, you grew up with her or she was I did grow up with okay. her, but my parents got divorced about 15 years ago. So I was in my late 20s when it happened. Okay. Um, so when they got divorced, I tried to see if I could still have a relationship with her. And then I realized... She's just way too negative. Toxic. Yes. Way too toxic. Yeah. And so when my dad left her, I was like, oh, I can leave her too. (laughs) Because I'm very, very close with my father. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the type of um, marriage that stayed for the kids since it was like a later divorce or? I think they, no, they didn't care about staying for the kids. I think they just did it out of laziness and convenience my dad didn't really want to divorce my mom until he retired and then he was like oh wait I'm miserable (laughs) at home with this person this can't be it yeah and so he he met another woman and Mm -hmm. he was like I want to spend my last couple years with somebody that I actually can be happy with yeah and that's not negative and toxic yeah so 
So yeah. is that her, her deal? She's negative? And an alcoholic. And an alcoholic. Yeah. So, um, but in the, I stopped talking to her when I was like 28 and I've talked to her a little here and there, as I said before, because of my nephews, but, um, you know how they always say like, you should just forgive the person, do it for yourself, not for them. Right. I never, I was like, I was always like, I don't need to forgive her. I don't need to forgive her. Right. But and be, now being in my early forties, I was, I, it's not necessarily that I forgive her. I'm just over being angry at her. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like an exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, she's there. And I'm not mad anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is just, good. Yeah. But I, you I have, also don't need forgiveness. No. I no. don't need forgiveness. I have, I, I love my chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a part of you that's like just kind of, uh, you know, kind of, you've moved, you've removed yourself, but do you kind of see her and you feel sorry for her or no? I think I kind of feel sorry for her. There's like those stages we all go through with people yeah. in our lives that I are think I kind of feel sorry for her. But when my dad told me he was going to divorce her, the first thing I said to him was, well, you need to go get her sober. Because she's not going to be able to take care of herself on her own. Right. So we took her to rehab. Mm-hmm. And. So your efforts were still there at that time. Well, because she's still my mother. Right. As much as I don't like her as a person, I don't want her to hurt herself. I don't right. want her to live in squalor, you of know? Course. So I was like, we got to take her to rehab. We have to make sure that she's going to be okay on her own. Right. And so we did. And during that period when she was getting sober, there was like this moment where I was like, maybe she could actually, I could have a relationship with her. Yeah. But the anger was still very, very, very much there. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's deep when it's, when it's apparent, it, it runs deep. Yeah. When my partner and I, cause I stopped talking to my mom when I was 28, so that's 14 years ago. My yeah. partner and I have been together for nine and a half years. When we started yeah. dating, he ne- he didn't understand. He was like, how do you not have a la- relationship with your mother? Right. And it wasn't until the first time he met my dad, we all went to dinner, and my dad said to him, he goes, it's not that Ellen doesn't love her mother. It's her mother doesn't love her. And my partner had to be like, oh, I didn't know wow. it was that bad. Right. And I was like, oh, I told you, you just needed to hear it from somebody. Else. Right. To fully believe it. Yeah. 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 So he, he could wrap his mind around it a little bit better once your dad said that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, what, how did you feel when you heard your dad say that? Was that the first time he said that in front of you or? No, no, most definitely he, not. I you had the, at that time you already had those like, talks with your father. Yeah. 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 My, and my dad, like my, I remember years ago, my dad was like, um, you, I think you need to, this is before my partner, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think you need to date a guy that's just like me. And I said, what the fuck would I do that? Because I'm just like you. If I dated myself, I'd kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, my dad and I are, are such similar people. Yeah. That I, when he said something like that, it's more like, it's more like I understand he's got my back. Like he right. gets it. Yeah. So he's, he's, that was more comforting. big picture. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's some hard stuff. I mean, I, 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 you have your anger and that's, that's runs deep, but it's, it's sad for her that she wouldn't, you know, she misses out on what she could have had with, with yeah. her daughter, but um, booze really gets the best of you sometimes. Yeah. And she, she's Irish Catholic. Okay. That, that, that Thick -headed, murder, angry, yeah. like that martyr, like there were periods yeah. of time where she would stop talking to her own sisters. Yeah. You know, so I, I can't be mad at the way she was raised and the anger that she has inside of her, but I don't need to put myself in that path. Right. It was forever there for her, but it doesn't have to be for you. Exactly. Yeah. I have too much love to give. Yeah. But when my anger does come out, <laughs> it protects me. See, people. She does have a fierce side, so watch out. <laughs> I can tell you a quick, quick story that about bitch my at Playboy. Com. No, <laughs> exactly. No, my, my my real quick story. My cat has worms. Oh which no! I just found a couple days Poor ago. Which like, oh, it's, it stressed me out. Oh. He has a tapeworm. So I called up the vet, made an appointment. Uh, long story short, my partner had to take him to the vet and pick him up. Yeah. And my partner, and my partner called me and he's like, oh, I gave him the pills. And I go, he goes, I gave him the pills by crushing them up into his food. <laughs> and then he threw them up. Oh, no. And I go, are you kidding? Why would you? I was like, that's not how you pill a cat. You right. have to <laughs> shove it in the back of their throat and shut their mouth and make yeah. them swallow. Yeah. You can't crush it up. So I called the vet yesterday oh, no. and I was like, who gave him that advice? Right. And they were like, well, you can just put it in the food. I go, uh-uh. I go, yeah. you're the experts, but I've had over 30 cats in my lifetime. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Yeah. And so I literally was ripping them a new asshole. And yeah. my cleaning lady was over yesterday hearing me on the phone and she just turned, she goes, remind me never to piss you off. <laughs> Don't fuck with my cat, people. Yeah. Dude, You're supposed to them. know. <laughs> I paid them so much money yeah. for them to tell me my cat have worms, which right. I already fucking know. Right. And I even said to them, I go, so while the cat was there, you didn't just shove the pills down his throat? Right. I already paid you. You do it. Yeah. Why are you making my partner do it? Right, right. How does so, that yeah. happen? I'm curious. Like, I, I've never had a cat. How, does, well, how do you pill them? No, I'm the worm. Oh, worm. Sorry. Yeah. The, it it can it be anything from, from him eating a fly. A bug, right. Anything. Or just, it could be um, the even the, the dog has a flea and tick collar. Right. He, the dog could have brought fleas in and a flea could have jumped. The right. flea could have been on the dog for a little bit and jumped on the cat yeah. and they can get it from the fleas. They oh. can get to, or it could have been something we walked from outside right. on the bottom of our shoe and Anything. dropped on the floor and the dog and the cat licked it up. But what, if you ever see this, this is how I knew he had worms. It, it looks like a piece of grain of rice from their butthole. Okay. 
And so I saw I'm just this picturing thing. like a little maggot or something like that. It, oh, it's almost smaller than a maggot. Than it literally okay. looks like a tiny grain of rice. rice. And so I saw something hanging and I go, oh, please don't tell me that is what yeah. it is. And I'm like, I, Poor I'll do baby. anything to my cat. Right. I just picked it off his butthole and it yeah. moved. And I go, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So what he just, well, has to retake the medication, I guess. Yeah. So after I ripped oh. the vet a new asshole yesterday, yeah. <laughs> I picked up new pet medication today. And when and I picked, now- and they were like, "We'll comp you," and I was like, "Yeah, you better comp me. I'm yeah. not paying for two extra pills." See, sometimes it it pays to to speak your mind when it's shit like that. You know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Like- I don't get down with people who like complain about a food order if it's like just like a you know, whatever, but something like that. Don't fuck with my cat or you my animal, my, my, my yeah, child. Yeah. yeah. Nope. But also like I paid them so much money. Yeah. And they can't just pill them. And I said, right. I was like, why did what you, did do, you do? Yeah. I already knew he had worms. Yeah. I was like, this is something that I should be able to get over on online. Like right. the fact that I have to pay you so much money and then you tell my partner who doesn't know how to pill a cat how to do it <laughs> wanted to kill so yeah i like yes that's just a, a quick anecdote of my anger <laughs> <laughs> well let's play a little quick game before you okay, go and eat sorry. your lovely dinner um let's fast forward through your emotions i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna say a word or a mm-hmm. feeling and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind oh i love these okay, okay. um happy um happy oh my god i i guess the first it, thing it, is a the health, vet talk a, she's yeah, mad a, now a healthy a, a healthy cat my healthy health. cat yeah. magical oh i always say my models are magical because i mean especially when i photograph them outside and in those moments it probably yeah. feels that way it's like oh, an completely. outer body kind of yeah. art experience yeah um risk Risk. I'm really, uh, I think you just want word association. When I think of risk, I think about like when you're getting older, you just take more of them because fuck it. I'm on the back nine. Like (laughs) beautiful answer. I love it. I love that. Elevate. I, I, I literally just said this to one of my models. I said, when we lift each other up, we all rise together. So with elevate is women. elevate other women beautiful because if you elevate each other we all rise together beautiful ellen sad um the most sad i've been recently is i'm actually dealing with my dad's alzheimer's oh oh no i think about alzheimer's yeah oh ellen i've been doing a lot of crying because i'm i'm stepping in and trying to take um, uh, what's it called? Power of attorney and all that fun stuff right now. Wow. Hiring all the people, the team of people. So yeah. Wow. Thank you. Where is he? In Cape Cod. Cape okay. Cod. Yeah. So I had to find, I have to find a team in Massachusetts because every state is a different laws. Yeah. So yeah. is his partner, is he with the woman? Still? He is with, yes, he is with my stepmom, but she's, okay, He's 80, about in a month, going to be 81. She's going to be 79 in a month. 
Yeah. So um, there's only so much she can do. Yeah. Yeah. She needs the help too. Yeah. So no. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Okay. Nostalgic. I'm nostalgic for 90s music. (laughs) Music these days is ugh. The 90s had literally, I'm like, I'm, I know when you're in high school, that's the, where it's most implanted. Yes, it is. It's the best fucking music ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hands I, down. I agree. I agree. It's, it's amazing. Um, Earth. Oh, please help it. I mean, <laughs> I've been doing please. everything. Yeah. I've been doing everything I can recently to be more sustainable. Like yeah. I even put on my Christmas wish list. I want a metal razor because I'm sick yeah. of using plastic razors. Yeah. So yeah. We need to take care of her. I know. It's scary. Safe. Um, trying to see. I guess I, I feel the most safe when I'm with my pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> so my dog. Sweet but fierce. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> Nervous. My anxiety belly and my gas. <laughs> I'm a farty human being. Well, my next word is poop for you. Oh, poop. <laughs> uh, I hope it happens every day. Sexy. Oh. I always call my models sexy, but I feel like that's too easy. Um, I guess confidence. The sexiest thing in any human being is confidence. Yes. Yes. We all need more of that too. Yes. Proud. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm proud. I guess I'm proud of like my journey and my work. Yeah. That's something I'm the most proud of. You should keep going with this journey. Thank you. You've done amazing things. Thank you're you. You're an amazing daughter. Oh, <laughs> I'm sending you got your oh, your dad. I'm still thinking about him. Thank you. I'm actually thank God rapid testing's a real thing now, so we're planning on it visiting him cuz that's right. that's the 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 parts of this pandemic there's been parts that have been i think kind of wonderful and i know people would hate me for saying that but like the fact that i could retouch all those 70 sets the fact that like there little things that were it was able to get done that we, if we didn't slow down would have never happened right but the part that upsets me the most is that it's take my dad's memory is declining and i can't see him would you because, say that had like kind of contributed to it? Like, was it already bad before this? Is it was, it yeah. Rapid now, he or? was officially diagnosed three years ago. Okay. But I feel like every moment is precious during this. Time. And yeah, yeah. Last year, I spent at least it was three weeks. One in April, one in July, one in October, where my dad stayed with me. He came with me. Yeah. And I would have do- kept doing that this doing year, that. but the yeah. pandemic has taken that time away from me. Right. So you are going to visit soon. Yeah, we are going to, we plan, we plan to visit me and my partner and we're literally just going to go get a rapid test 
get as soon as the results come back, which is in about an hour, we're going to mm -hmm. get in the car and go. But yeah, that'll I mean, be... that would devastate me if for God forbid we were sick and we got, we brought that to my yes. dad and my stepmom. Yeah. So thank God are... for rapid testing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be able to find out and yeah, sure everything's good and you can go and how long will you be there? Uh, we're planning four nights, I think it is. Yeah, four nights. Yeah. So I know that's, a, I'm, I'm just like, can this pandemic be over just for things like that? And I, yeah, it, it's the time that they're stealing from us. And I don't know how old your kids are, but I feel the worst for teenagers right now just because that's such a monumental time in their life mm -hmm. to miss their graduation or their prom or like yeah. these it's past so seven months must have been so difficult for them and yeah. like and i'm like because i work from home most of my time i'm happy to be at home for long right. periods of time i miss my friends i miss seeing live entertainment uh but i feel worse i feel the worst for the kids managing Not, their emotions and exactly yeah. yeah i mean it must be so difficult oof i i can't and, imagine and then i feel bad for somebody like my dad who the time is literally slipping yeah and so yeah what's what's one nice thing you want to do with him while, while you're with him i you're gonna the, read to him or yeah, we're going like to play that. puzzles, but I do, and I did this one of the last times I visited him. I'm going to bring a video camera and just let him tell stories and videotape it. That's really special. Yeah. I did that. I collected all these old photos and all this old stuff and learned so much a couple of years ago and videotaped all his old stories. So even to have it for my nephews, I, I feel like that's, yeah. And that's is something that something I really that's like easy for him to talk about oh yeah his short-term his... memory is kind of is... gone but his like older memories are completely there so. so to see him talking about that must be really yeah. really great he he actually said something to me recently that i was like oh my god i want to kill you he <laughs> he ran his own company from like the late 60s to early 2000s and he always told me how he always hired women he always hired people of color and yeah. other people who had similar companies would always be so confused by how many women and people of color worked for him and he's like they're great people right and he was always very proud of that fact and then recently he just said of course i hired women they were cheaper <laughs> oh my god i go oh no no, no. <laughs> i mean mind you this is the 60s 70s 80s 90s Right. But I was like, no, you just <laughs> literally crushed me. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe he didn't you? mean it. He didn't mean to say it. Let's just think that way, Ellen, please. <laughs> Dad. Oh, no. I mean, I, I mean, if that's the honesty that's coming out of him right now, I prefer that over him like being a secret racist or something yes, with the Alzheimer's. Yes. So it's true. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. Because he did ultimately hire them, and I'm sure he treated them just fine. He did. He, he might have just been happy that his <laughs> the pay was a little less. Oh no! I was like, you he literally just yeah. admitted that to me like last week, and I was like, "No, that's <laughs> wrong. That's wrong." Oh, <sighs> but we'll cut him some slack. 
I mean, he's literally on, on the 18th hole. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ellen, thank you so much for your thank time you. and for sharing yes. pieces of yourself with me. This of has course. been really nice. Of course. It was fun. Enjoy Thanks your for- meal. Yes. And I'm sorry I canceled on you a couple of weeks ago, but no, I- I'm, I'm so happy you're feeling better. That had to be yeah. hard. Uh, I was trapping kittens because I've been doing some like kitten trapping and okay. getting into the ASPCA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some rescue stuff. And one of them bit me and a friend of mine was like, you should really get a rabies vaccine. And I got so violently ill from that rabies vaccine. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so sick. So yeah. Well, I'm I happy have- you're feeling better. I have a semi-good excuse for canceling. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Rabies? What's going on over there? <laughs> I didn't have rabies, but a friend of mine yeah. was like, if you're yes. going to continue doing this, just please, would you be safe? <laughs> do it safely. Yeah. Yes. Carry on. And I was on back to trapping days. kittens three days ago. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, so tell everyone before you go where, where we can find you. On um, Instagram, it's just Ellen Stag. It's private. Just ask to join it. I let everybody in. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> my commercial work, ellenstag.com. My erotic work, stagstreet.com. Um, and yeah. Your book? There's other things out there. Yeah, my book is on uh, shopellenstag.com. My podcast is heypoopypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I try to think what else. Yeah. I mean, you could just Google Ellen Stag. A lot of stuff will come up. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen like the talk show host and Stag like the party, but with two G's. Love it. Well, thank you, Ellen. Enjoy your meal. Thank you. And, uh, it was great talking to you and yeah, seeing you. Great. Maybe there'll be a chapter two one of these days. Yeah. We could do it in person when uh, people are vaccinated and we can like get over this. Yes. All my chapter twos will be in person. How, oh how nice. God. That's good to think about. <laughs> right. I well, just want to see people's bottoms of their face. I know. I, I want to stop breaking out because I'm, yeah, <laughs> my skin is suffering. Oh, um, but that's the least of my problems right now. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. As long as we're healthy, yes, a couple so, pimples we can get over. Yes, yeah, stay healthy, okay? No yes. more rabies. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good for five no, years. I, you're good for five years, so go if catch those rabid, cats. Yeah, if you have a rabid bat or raccoon, I'll wrangle them. I'm great. I'm, <laughs> I'm Teflon. She's ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, girl. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks yes. again. Thank you.